Are you a professional real estate agent looking to get the competitive edge? Let's face it, the real estate industry is changing and we're going to show you how to change with it. So stop sending out mailers, cold calling dead leads, or even worse, attending network meetings. Become a modern digital agent with your hosts, Dwayne and Amanda Roberts. Now, sharing the math with them is going to give a clear picture. They may not realize, oh my goodness, we can buy a $427,000 property and pay our debts off and keep our payment at $1,500 a month and save $812 a month. Absolutely. And it's up to you as the industry professional to spread it all out, lay it out and do the math. And once you've done that and you've explained it to them and they have a clear picture, they're going to jump through hoops for you. I mean, because let's face it, if you're going to go tell me that I can save $812 a month and not increase my mortgage payment and maybe even get a little bit nicer house, why would I not do that? And so you're going to get the deal 82% of the time, 82% of the time, just because you did the math. You may not have been good at math in school. It's not a lot of math. It's just basic, simple subtraction. You know, it's not like an algebraic equation, guys. You are a real estate professional and it's up to you to be able to do the math for your client and let them know this is how much equity you're going to have left over. Let's talk about it. What do you want to do with that equity? There's nothing wrong with you asking those questions. All right. Key number four, know the competition. It's important that you know what your fellow agents are doing to compete in the market. Are they offering discounted listing fees such as five or four percent? Are they offering free moving services such as packing or moving truck? Are they buying the listing by promising more than the home is worth? Are they giving something away like free appliances or gift cards? Knowing what the competition is offering will help you overcome their offer. For example, if they are buying the listing, then you can easily refute that by stating to the potential client, you know, there's some agents out there that's going to tell you that your home is worth more than it really is just to get the listing. But this is an unethical practice that we call buying the listing. They'll come back to you after having it on the market several weeks and suggest you lower the price. They're going to waste your time and they're going to cost you money. And when I say they cost you money, I mean, you're going to have to pay another month's mortgage, taxes and interest. And depending on the time of the year, in some markets, it dips down a little bit in the winter. You can't afford to miss out on potential buyers by someone buying the listing. I've seen it happen so many times. And the clients that I've warned, I actually had a guy. I told him your house is worth $630,000. He had another agent say it was worth $700,000. He listed with her. And 30 days later, he contacts me back and he goes, hey, what do you think my house is worth? I looked it up and it actually dropped in value. It was actually worth $620,000 at that point. The comps were showing $620,000. He said, well, She's saying that um, maybe we need to drop it $50,000. i am like, oh, you don't say. And I was like, well, you do what you want, but I'm telling you it's worth $620. So I noticed on the MLS, they dropped it. They dropped it down to $650. It's that another 30 days. He contacts me again and says, 
hey, you know, what do you think it's worth? I'm like, it's still worth what I told you it was worth. You're only getting 620. He's like, okay, okay. He contacts her. They drop it down to 635, only 5,000 over what I initially told him he could sell it for back when it was worth 630. It sat on the market through the winter. He ended up selling it for $600,000. And think about all of his mortgage payments and taxes and insurance that he paid on that property. He lost probably 40 grand because another agent bought the listing. Now, at the end of the day, what did she care? She made $18,000 and I made zero. So you may think, well, she came ahead in the deal. Yeah, maybe she did on that transaction. But at the end of the day, do you feel good shortchanging clients 30 to 40 grand? I don't feel good about it. And I inform sellers from the get-go, whether I know there's an agent doing this or not, that you will have agents that will do this. Just so if the agent that comes behind you says, oh, I can get you 50,000 more, they're going to think in the back of their head, this is what Amanda or Johnny or Susie was telling me. This agent's trying to buy my listing. They're going to waste my time and money. And so it's up to you to know what's happening in your market so you can refute it when you go on these listing appointments or when you're having your initial conversations with sellers. Key number five know how to close. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a little bit of time here, guys. I'm actually going to do you guys a huge favor. This is something that I've learned over my career. I've been in sales my whole life. From the time I was 18 years old, I've been in sales. And you can transition sales. You know, if you, I don't care what you may have sold before into real estate very easily. But a lot of people, a lot of agents, do not consider themselves a salesperson. They don't want to be called a salesperson, but I'm here to tell you tonight, you are a salesperson. If nobody else has told you that, you are a salesperson. You are selling your services. You are selling your brand. You are selling homes. You are selling dreams. You are a salesperson. So I'm going to teach you how to close. And for those of you who already know how to close, maybe you'll pick up an extra tip. And so these are three basic closing techniques that work really well in real estate. There's lots of closing techniques out there. It depends on the industry that you're in. But these are the three that I've used the most and that are, are my favorite. And that is fear of loss, approval of others, and the assumptive close. And I'm going to go into fear of loss first. So no one likes to miss out. Everyone hates having regrets. How many times have you showed a buyer the very first house and they're like, oh my gosh, this is a perfect house. Oh, it's everything we wanted, Tim. Should we put in an offer? And Tim's like, no, Betty, let's look at some more houses before we make a decision. And you're telling them, Tim, Betty, you need to snatch this house up. You're not going to find a better deal than this. And they said, well, we want to look at a few more properties before we make a decision. We don't really feel like we've seen everything. Ten houses later, they can't find anything. They're comparing everything to the first house. And you know what that's called? That's called regret because the house is gone and nobody wants to go through that. So you have to lay it all out for them as an agent. You explain the opportunity cost involved by waiting are not acting now. And so, for example, and there's a couple of examples I've come up with. Mr. Jones, by waiting to list your home, you run the risk that if the market crashes, because we know it's coming any day now, 
you won't get top dollar. We may be at the peak right now, guys. It may crash tomorrow. It may crash next year. We have been in a seller's market for almost a decade now. This started back in like 2012 in some markets. How much longer can prices go up like this? If you go back and you look at industry statistics, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. It's just like the stock market. And so when it crashes, it's not if, when it crashes, all of these sellers out here who've been waiting to get top dollar suddenly are not getting anything. <laughs> and so it's up to us to inform them. Here's another scenario. I understand you are concerned you won't find a home, Mrs. Smith. But the longer you wait, the more it will cost you with rising prices. Now, in my market, we're seeing an appreciation of about 15% a year. In fact, I read a report last month, 10% in one month. Guys, it's crazy right now. So for somebody to wait, whether they're a buyer or a seller, because like I said, sellers are buyers too, they are literally throwing money out the window in monthly payment and equity. If they wait one month to buy a property, and let's say it's in that market, it's an average home price of 300,000. And let's say it is going up 10% a month, that's 30 grand. But even if it was just 10% a year, still $30,000 in potential equity that they would have put in their pocket is gone. And now the properties are $30,000 more. And so if you got an average price of say $5 on your mortgage for every $1,000, that's going to cost them an extra $150 a month on their mortgage payment. And so not only are they going to waste about $1,700 a year, they're throwing away $30,000 in equity. And so it's up to us to explain why it's not a good idea to wait. You have to use the fear of loss close. I know it sounds sneaky, tricky. That's just what it's called. People do not like to lose out. And if you're not explaining it to him, then you're contributing to them losing out on the equity and the lower payments. Because let's face it, no matter what you can buy a house for today, when you close on a 30-year fixed note, that payment cannot go up. It's done. It's locked in. So you're doing them a huge favor by letting them, you know, getting them out there now. So this, I'm talking about sellers who are buying. So don't think that I'm switching to buyers only. I'm talking about let, getting them to let go of the house they're in and go buy another house, even though it's a little more than what they thought, because ultimately at the end of the day, they've got a reason why they're wanting to sell. Now, approval of others' clothes. Now, this one's pretty simple. You know, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. A lot of people do things through a filter of, well, what will other people think of me? They want their friends and family to think they're smart, financially secure, and even savvy. Statements like your friends and family will love your new place with this open concept for entertaining. Oh my gosh, and that backyard is so fabulous. I can just see you out here having like barbecues and hanging out with your friends and your family. I know that they can't, I know you can't wait to sell your current home so you can get moving over into that new house. Approval of others. The assumptive close. This close requires a little more skill and a lot more guts. 
I pull this one out when I'm dealing with a hardball client, go through the entire process with the thought process. They want me to list their house or they want me to use them as their agent. This will come across in your language and most people will not dispute it. So say things like, would it be better for me to send my photographer out next Saturday or the following Saturday? So you're assuming they want to list with you. You didn't ask, okay, so do you want to list with me? No, you just assume they do. And you're now you're moving on to the photography, setting that up. Here's another example. Would you prefer to close at the end of May or the end of June? Now, the reason you'd ask that question is you're trying to determine you know, uh, when you should list, because if you're in a hot market, like most people are, it's going to sell within 24 hours. So you want to time it. Maybe they don't want to close right away. And so again, assumptive close. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, and you'd like to get more information on a client acquisition system that gives you all the ad copy and images to attract listing clients, comment below, show me in the comments while I take a sip of water. <laughs> All right. Key number six, follow-up. The money is in the follow-up. I'm going to say it again for those of you who were not listening. The money is in the follow-up. It is very rare, very rare that a seller will want to list with you after the first call or email. It happens, I've had it happen, but it's rare. It can take up to 17, one, seven, 17 follow-up touches before a client decides to do business with you. It used to be six, way back in the day. When I got into sales, it was six. It's now 17. Do you know why? because everybody is tuning everything out. They're getting ads left and right, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, on TV, on the radio, everywhere. They're just bombarded with ads, ads, ads. The back of the buggy in the grocery store, the billboards, everywhere they go. People driving down the road now with cars wrapped with ads. And so their brain is tuning it out. They tune out salespeople, they tune out ads, they tune it out. And so it may take up to 17 touches before somebody decides to do business with you. Now, here's some crazy statistics. 46% of agents do not call a potential client more than once. Now, some of you are paying for ads. You're buying ads from Zillow, Realtor.com. I don't know who you're using, OpCity. I don't know what you're doing, but you're spending money one way or another on your leads. And if you're only calling them once, you might as well go in your backyard and burn money. I'm just saying. 68% of agents do not call a potential client more than twice. Why? Why would you spend money on leads and only call them once or twice? Again, you might as well go in your backyard and burn money. 92%, this is nine out of 10 agents, do not call a potential client more than three times. Yet, yet, are you ready for this one? 89%, literally almost nine out of 10 clients do not decide to do business with an agent until after the third call or touch. 
but yet nine out of 10 agents aren't calling past the third time. And so then you wonder why 20% of the agents are doing 80% of the business. That's because they are calling more than three times. The money is in the follow-up. If you get nothing else from this training tonight, understand the money is in the follow-up. Call them. My husband has a saying. He has said it for years. He says, I'm going to call them until they do business with me or put out a restraining order. <laughs> he literally will bug the tar out of them. And for some of you who are on our system, you know how our follow-up is. You know the automation that we have in place. You know we're going to bug the tar out of you, right? I'm just kidding. No, we're not. But those who follow up more than others will get more business than others. It's just simple math, guys. Now, key number seven, and I know a lot of you love this subject, brand awareness. Yes, I said it, brand awareness. I'm not talking about billboards. I'm not talking about, you know, some little sticker you put on the back of your car. Although you should do that. That's great. You'll get calls from that. I'm talking about your online branding. It's crucial to getting the listing every time. And here's why. Potential clients do two things. Number one, they're checking out your social media profile. They want to see what kind of person you are. They want to know, are you out there partying every weekend and showing yourself up there with drinks and stuff? Are you on there cussing people out? What kind of person are you? They want to see, who am I dealing with? And so you want to remain professional, even on your social media profiles. So, well, you know, that's my personal space. That's my personal page. Yes, it is, but it's also available for anybody to see. And if you're not using your social media profiles to get business, you are leaving money on the table. So just saying. Number two, they're going to look for reviews from past clients. Now, there's some of you have been in the business for 10 or more years, but you have zero reviews on Google. They're looking at this stuff. I know you don't like Zillow. None of us want to play with them. But the reality is the buyers and the sellers, the people who are going to begin a real estate transaction are going to go look in those places. And if they see your name on the side and it says your name with five stars, and 20 or more reviews, that's going to get their attention. You say, well, I don't have reviews, Amanda. What do I do? That's simple. That's how we get you started. We help you get your reviews. We help you clean up your social media profile. That's one of the very first things that we do for our students. So you can sound different than every other agent in town on the phone or in your automation or even in person. But if your branding does not set you apart, you're going to just blend in with all the other agents out there competing for that listing business. You have to look different, sound different, and be different in order to capture more business. Now, before we wrap up tonight, I'd like to leave you one more tip on getting the listing every time. Remember, sellers are people too. They have hopes, dreams, and goals. These goals are different than yours. You may think they want to sell quick and for top dollar, and they might, but they might actually love the house they're in, and they're kind of on the fence about selling. 
Be personable and listen. Whether they list now or later, if you take the time to listen to their needs and concerns and not focus on your timeline, they will come back to you when they are ready to sell and they'll give you referrals. Finally, if you like what you've heard tonight and you'd like to get more information on a client acquisition system that, again, gives you all the ad copy and the images. And not only that, guys, we actually help you sort through them and kick out the looky-loos and the tire kickers and the people with bad credit and the people who aren't buying. We help you weed through that and you want to attract more listing clients. Guys, thank you for listening and tuning in tonight. Go ahead and comment. We will get notified. We will answer your questions. We want to help you guys be successful in any way, shape, and form that you can in real estate. And we'd love to see you hit all your goals and go to the next level this year. So guys, again, thank you and have a blessed evening. Thank you for listening to the Modern Digital Agent Podcast. We hope this episode was insightful and helps you become a well-oiled real estate marketing machine. If you're looking to become a modern digital agent, don't forget to check out our training platform at moderndigitalagent.com. Until next time, be safe and remember you're only one system away.